Hello, and welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brooker, and we are in the midst of the spooky month. I am so excited. Ooh. Ooh, was that a ghost or was that Aureline? Who do we have over there? It's hard to tell, isn't it? <laughs> As always, we have Aureline with us too. Aureline, how are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm just soaking up all the fallness. Uh, autumnal osity. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sounds like a, a a real word. I trust you. You read yeah, books and stuff. Yeah, that's a word. It's a, it's in a book. I guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the book your manifesto or is it's it... in a book? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of books. Lots of books out there. That's all. Mm-hmm. Also, the idea that I have one manifesto. Oh, okay. There's multiple. I need to be more specific. Well, but before we go down that rabbit hole, I. I don't think I've even said the movie that we're talking about, but we are, talk- we are talking about one of my new favorite horror movies I discovered a year ago. It's uh, Hell House LLC from 2015 or 2016, depending on how you like to pick the date. We'll get into that. But uh, Hell House LLC. And I am shocked. This was not my pick. This was not- your, your pick, Orlean. Because I hadn't seen it. And you know what? Even though I've stopped like watching trailers and actively looking to see like clips and things, I've seen mentions of this for the past couple of years. I see it on Reddit routinely, on the horror subreddit. It comes up. It gets recommended a ton. And I read the description and I was like, okay, I'm in. I love a good mystery, like trace back what happened. There's a book I read earlier this year that's like a found footage book, which I'd never done before. So Whoa. like- I'm into the idea, you know, and so I also I feel like I suggest a lot of horror comedy because it's my favorite, but I also am down to watch quote unquote serious horror, although I don't know if this we could debate if this is serious horror. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you and I differ on defining serious horror, but like I I just call this one just horror. I don't think okay. I would attach serious to it. Okay, <laughs> I'll just call that's it horror. Fair. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not a horror comedy, that's for sure. Oh my god, not a hint of humor in this thing. No. I mean they try, but God bless them, these are not good actors. The dialogue <laughs> they're working with is also chunky. I it's I don't know. I I tried to do some research and I couldn't find a whole lot for this movie. It, it was really kind of a stumper for me as I feel like I, I feel like I do. I normally do a pretty good job at finding some stuff. I, I had a hard time trying to dig up things for this. Uh, I do have some fun little nuggets that we'll get into, but I'm, I mean, this was written and directed by a person known as Steven Conetti. Uh, his only credits are hell house, LLC one, two, and three. And the fourth one that's coming out, to, that's coming what? out on shutter. There's a fourth one coming out on Shutter this month, October 30th. Whoa, okay. Yeah, so... Did the movies come from hell? <laughs> See, that that's one of the, the questions I have about this is that... Uh, I don't know if we want to get into it right now, but the we'll get into it when we get to the subgenre categorization. Sure. It's talking about how this operates as a found footage movie. But just getting to my own... Okay, I talked about the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, I normally have, you know, like budget, how much box office is made right. and everything. None of that for this. 
I couldn't find a budget. This was this did not have a theatrical release. It was made in 2014 and it was premiered or, you know, like first screened at a horror film festival called Fear Feet or Fear Fete Film Festival. Okay. And it actually won a an award for paranormal for best paranormal film uh, at, at some of these film festivals, which. Nah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so since I can't find box office stuff for this, I thought I would at least just to like try to give it some accolades. I was going to mention the Rotten Tomato score, which I normally don't do just because I, I find like Rotten Tomatoes to be kind of like hit or miss and. I agree, but it's it can be informational. It's it, data. It can be. So when this was going doing its circuits at the different film festivals, uh, it debuted on Rotten Tomatoes at eighty five percent. Actually, shut the fuck. It debuted at eighty five percent with the critics, and right now <laughs> Get it out. sits. It sits at a seventy five percent score with the critics and a seventy two percent audience score. And wow. To put this into perspective, and again, I, I I don't care about Rotten Tomato scores. I'm just, I'm surprised. Yeah, I actually kind of was too. That's really high for a horror movie. It's really high, yeah. A found footage movie. Uh, just to put that into perspective, Scream, who I, th- I think you and I would say is objectively a better movie. Yes. This is only six points behind Scream on Rotten Shut Tomatoes. Shut up. That is not correct. That is just not correct. I know ratings are fully subjective, but you're wrong, people. Yes. Whoever did that, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And another barometer for this, uh, just to kind of like, because you say you like horror comedies a lot, and we talked about Mm -hmm. Death Becomes Her. I would say Death Becomes Her is an overall better movie than this. This is significantly higher rating than Death Becomes Her on Rotten Tomatoes. Death Becomes Her only has a 55%. Shut up. People have terrible taste. <laughs> so, so, I mean, like, but Look, it's all subjective. I know. It is. But the point I think that this makes is that people and horror fans really like this movie. Yeah, and I am one of them. People have enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot. And I am one of those people. I, the first, I watched this for the first time last year, and my reactions are on this feed because I did a commentary track for it. It was a, like kind of like one of my like drawings I did that people submitted movies for me to do a commentary mm-hmm. track for. And this one won and I'd never seen it before. So I did my first watch here oh and it scared the ever loving shit out of me. And I had so much fun with it. This really? movie scares me. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I- I've talked a lot about me Orlean. Well, how do you feel coming on the other side of this movie? Just seeing it for the first time. Oh man. I, there, I, I don't know. It was fine. There are better horror movies, in my opinion. But I know one of your categories is like putting it on during Halloween. And I think this is excellent for that. Yeah, no, it's I mean, it it takes place on Halloween. It's well, not on around Halloween. Yeah, not like all of it. But right. Yeah. Yeah. It takes place around Halloween. Uh, It actually takes place on my birthday, 2009. That's fun. Ooh. (laughs) But I don't know. I I really I'm kind of a found footage apologist. I actually really dig <laughs> the subgenre of found footage movies. You I don't say know. that, but we still haven't watched Chronicle. We and haven't. It's like the best, and it's horror. <laughs> yeah. So I know. I know you, you've been 
<laughs> You've been barking up that tree for a long time about Chronicle. But um, for Hell House LSC, I don't know. I just, I mean, the dialogue is not very good. To me, what really makes the movie are the scares. I think the scares are so good. And I don't really care about the characters much. I don't really... I mean, the dialogue is bad. We talked about the the house, the hotel they're in, I think is awesome. It's so mm-hmm. creepy. Um, they did such a good job with scouting a location for this. Yeah, I would hate to play this as a video game map. It would be so scary. Yeah, it would be. And you can actually go here because. Oh, no. <laughs> the filmmakers, they were originally, you know, they were trying to find abandoned homes or buildings in new york but they couldn't Mm -hmm. find anything that they liked so they decided to go to all right well let's just resort to finding established haunted attractions that are you know already up and running and this is what this is it's it's known Mm -hmm. as or it's called the haunting at the waldruff hotel or it's part of like a waldruff estates kind of like group of different haunted attractions there's like mazes and stuff you could go do with them and it's still up and running in this is and this is what they filmed it in, and the person that runs it, her name is Angie Mayer. She she's the person that runs this haunted attraction, and so they hired her to be the set designer for it. Ooh, cool! Yeah, and so they filmed it during the off season. I think believe they filmed it in May of 2014, and uh, so it was kind of like you know the off season for them. So they like had time to like, go in there, take decorations down, and go through it. But uh, I because. I went. I visited their website before we hopped on here, and they have like a whole gallery of you know like people going in and out of the house and everything. Oh and my it's, gosh! It's extra creepy because like y- you recognize so many things because mm-hmm. it's the house, you know, it's the hotel, and it it, it it adds this little layer of creepiness. Like this is like a real haunted attraction out there that people can go do, which I don't think I would ever do. Because I would never do it. This is like an anti-commercial. Why would you go do it? Oh, I mean that—that's you and me. I'm sure the re- the the other slice of the pie. Most people would be like, "Let's let's go, let's go to the Abaddon Hotel." They even like say that in their on their like their their info site. But you know, like, this is the Abaddon uh, Dude, Hotel. From Come the join first us. thirty seconds when they said that, I was like, "Oh, this is a bad Supernatural episode, isn't it?" Because that's a demon's name. Yeah, very it, subtle, it, everybody. <laughs> it, it does sound like a demon's name. I, I it's don't... literally a demon in Supernatural. Oh, is it the really? The same name. So, like, I'm pretty sure it's a demon's name, like, from also, the Bible. <laughs> and then it's kind of like, why would they name this town Ab- Abaddon? But It's a town of demons, but that never, I mean, arguably, maybe that's what came in at the end, but, like, not really. I don't know. <laughs> but, I don't know. I I really dig this movie. I think, like, besides the dialogue and acting that we talked about, I think my biggest gripe with the movie is that I feel like it peaks in the middle. Like it, I feel like the it climaxes with like all like the big scares in the middle of the movie, and then the third act is, it keeps my attention, but it's not. I feel like it, it kind of wanes a little bit towards the end. That like it is it's not as scary as like the middle parts of it, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, I kept up the same level of pretty much like blah the whole time like i kept writing like nothing is scary so far but it's really sad (laughs) like at one point i wrote like 
the scariest thing about this is how unsafe an abandoned condemned building is by itself, which is true. Like, think of what you're breathing in, and they're just like hanging stuff up and drilling. And then I wrote, is this a secret after school special about suicide? Because for a while it was getting like really sad. And then it also seemed to be like a suicide thread. And I was like, how sad and dark are we going here? But then they like abandoned that thread and it went different ways. (laughs) The suicide thread. Are you talking about like the, the, uh, was it, is it Andrew Tolley? The guy that ran the the original owner, like hung himself because of the rumors. And so I was like, oh, is this whole movie about how, like, it's actually rumors that end up leading to the deaths of people and that that's what we're going to see repeated? And then, nope. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, this this does not get that deep. In, well, it also doesn't messaging. follow. It's not that coherent. Like, it's more just like haunting, scare, haunting, scary, clown, demon. Like, it's just kind of like all the haunting things. Yeah, the the framework is interesting because, you know, it's this documentary of people trying to figure out about like what actually happened, like what was the mm-hmm. what caused the tragedy at the Abaddon Hotel haunted attraction. And this is, I believe, five years after the, the events of the, you know, the, where 15 people died and just went missing. So that number seems high for what we saw still very high. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's confusing because, you know, we have all these different sources of footage and it's mm-hmm. like kind of hard to keep up with. And this movie really tries to um, play with the whole mystery element of it and like try to like keep that going. It feels like there's too much. Like I feel like there's too much like subplots that are going on that you kind of forget about. It's definitely like overstuffed because I kept trying to chase plot lines and then it was like oh no that doesn't matter throw that away like that's not like the lore didn't all go together yeah and i will say i've seen the sequel to this and Mm -hmm. it does shed a lot of light to some stuff and that's kind of like what the director was doing because this is a trilogy right now and he kind of wrote them all i mean i feel like i feel like this is like every person that writes a trilogy says this i mean like george lucas says this about star wars but he's just like it's all one movie and it's just like the three parts of it so like you get the whole story once you see all three i mean that's not really fair because the first star wars movie is a movie by itself too like it has a beginning and ending yeah and you can continue so it's not totally the same but okay yeah no i i agree (laughs) with you there i mean it's i mean there is an ending here it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was a lot of like, wait, what was the secret? Was there an actual deal with the devil? Like, what happened here? And I don't need specifics, but like, I don't even know generally what happened. Exactly. <laughs> and so I did some dicking on that. And apparently the director did do a Q&A about this movie at some point. And there's a, it, it's simple, <sighs> again, I think this just goes to, you know, like indie amateur mm-hmm. filmmaker making something, but uh, there's a deleted scene. So, so before I get into it, in case people are wondering, we're yeah. talking about like the secret that, because there's a part in it where Tony wants to leave after everything has happened and Mac talks him back into and it. Like, like Alex has some kind of secret, but like we don't hear y- it. Yes. And the secret really isn't 
groundbreaking. It's just that like basically they're all out of money and they just need this to work. And oh, so, what? They could have just said that. Yeah, I exactly. It was like he actually made a deal with the devil or something and he had let the other guy in on it. And like, we have to do this or like the devil's going to eat our faces. Yeah. See, I think that would be a little bit more interesting. But uh, apparently there's a deleted scene of oh. them talking about the finances. But the director thought that there was enough clues there about how they have to live there. Like they can't afford to just like stay like in a separate hotel I mean, yes, there were clues they were poor, but when you're watching a horror movie, the secret is never like, we need to do this for money. They say yeah. that shit. Like, that's not the secret. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it's such a horror, like, haunted house trope, too, of like, oh, we can't move because we sunk all of our life savings right. into this. We just got to make it work, you know? Like, I assumed they were kind of poor, but like, that doesn't – when they were sitting out in the field, like, oh, no, I got to stay. I was like, oh, there must be something emotional that's like bonding them through this or like we're all going to die if we don't sacrifice some strangers in this haunted house or something. Mm -hmm. But then it was then I was like, wait, did you make a deal with the devil to like sacrifice your girlfriend? Like what's going on? Which is a better movie? Like Uh, some kind of motivation. Yeah, because like. (laughs) What? And then I was like, is it cosmic horror? Are are these like, you know, like interdimensional, you know, like the figures that are like sucking the life out of people? But again, like it could be anything. I just don't understand why 90% of the movie I was like, so is this just like a crowd crush situation because somebody screamed or did something really happen? Because mm. for most of it, I was like, everything you're showing me just looks like a regular disaster documentary. This looks like a normal disaster. Yeah, it really did. And I was like, so I'm just going to be like really sad about this. Well, they did have some stuff because like when the people were going through, you did see like the hooded figures, but like they didn't notice them. And I liked those touches. Yeah, just they also didn't. They didn't seem dangerous for like they didn't build in enough danger, I think. Interesting. There was a lot of weird shit that happened, but things didn't get dangerous for a long time. And even then, like, they didn't know that that guy, like, got eaten by that ring lady or whatever the fuck happened. You know what I mean? Like, they don't even know when the danger is there. And so it kind of feels like, like, it's not there. So does, so is that important to you that, because to me, it worked for me. Well, I agree with you that it does take a while for, like us, the viewers, of course, to like, like found footage. Yeah, does that? Yeah, of course. But like, so is it important to you for like the characters to know of the danger, or just for like the the viewers to know of the danger? Because to me, it works that like I know what the danger is coming, but like the rest mm-hmm. of the characters don't, and I'm like watching them. I just... wanted them clued in sooner mm-hmm. because it felt like. Sure, there's the fighting, but like weird shit happens and they just kind of keep like going to bed and they're not like, should we have a seance or something? Like there's no escalation in their response until the very end when it like shit just hits the fan. And it's like, well, what did you think? You weren't even like, I, I don't know. Like it just I I wanted them to at least feel a little bit of fear and it didn't really feel like that was happening yeah, for I mean, so long, and I was like, "Well, if you're not afraid of it, then like, 
or if you're not watching the tapes back and catching shit, because they only do it once. They are they don't make a habit of going back and watching, but they should. And I don't understand why they like stop. Yeah, I mean to to play devil's advocate because I see what you're saying about like, like a lot of stuff is happening to Paul. Yeah, the the main videographer in this. I mean, some stuff happens to Sarah, some, but like, we'll get into that. I also that. am not sure she's aware of it in the way that Paul is aware that like weird stuff is happening. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's actually a, an interesting thing to get into, mm-hmm. but things are happening to Paul and normally I think like it's a trope or like a common thing in haunted house movies that like one person kind of notices it and whenever like they try to point it out, other people are just like, you're crazy. There's no such thing as ghosts yeah. or whatever. So like- <laughs> yeah. I think that like this movie is playing off of that and we're just, it's just weird because like we are in the literal POV of Paul the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, to me it works that like other people didn't necessarily see other things happening. It was like mostly Paul. And then once Paul goes missing, they still don't like treat it. They, uh, yeah, I think that's what it was too. They've been in this haunted house for what, like two weeks now or so. Like it's a long time by the time that he goes missing. And then even when they find his body, they just like put him in bed. And there's just no concern about anything like toxins in the house, ghosts, like somebody breaking in. Like they just have no concerns. Yeah, they definitely don't. And that doesn't seem realistic. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, I feel there's so many times in this movie where I was just like, okay, I could get, you know, being like in like my early twenties, like being in a business with friends. If we did this, maybe I would stay in the place to like oh, save. I could see that, yeah. To, you know, to save a few hundred dollars or whatever. But if weird shit happens, yeah, consistently, and then something happens to somebody in the party, like mm-hmm. something is wrong here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So again, I don't think that this movie's strength is its writing, but it yeah. is the way they do the scares. Because I thought the scares were just so freaking good in this, like all like the stuff with the clown mannequins, the piano motif that they have in this. Uh, I don't know. All of that was working extra well oh, for me. None of that worked for me, and I don't know. Interesting, if it was because like I don't know. I this just felt like a a supernatural episode, and we can't say that about everything we watch now. Even though, like, I think that is actually a lot of, like, general middle horror is, like, (laughs) but I mean it in the way of, like, nothing really felt that dangerous. Nothing really felt that risky. And, like, I didn't get attached to anybody in a way that was kind of weird. Usually there's at least one character where I'm like, oh, man, I hope you get out. I didn't really care if any of these people got out. And so when the end happened, I was like, huh, okay. I mean, that's not what I expected, but also, okay. I don't really care. Like, it's it's creepy, but eh. Honestly, I liked the people that they were interviewing more, like the talking heads, like that, that dude yes, with that like, mustache like and beard. Those were cool. Those people were, like, <laughs> interesting. So I wanted more because I felt like if you have even local historians, like, studying a thing, it should be more interesting than this. But it seemed like they knew actually so little about even the weirdness that went on that I was like, why are you interested in this? See, it. so, well, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like trying to hold some stuff for like other segments, but. Okay. 
does... We can jump to another segment if you want. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Well, b- before we do, I just wanted yeah. to... Because you just brought up the ending and how, like, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of didn't feel... I agree with you. I think, like, really, I liked Mac, even though he was kind of a dick. I don't know why I liked Mac in this. Uh, he, he was the redhead. Yeah, I, I feel like we saw his feelings more than other people, even if it was, like, anger and frustration. We saw yeah. more emotion. He was a very active character, because, like, even yeah. though he didn't believe anything was going on, he still, like, went and investigated because he didn't believe there was danger. He's just like, I'm, I'll, yeah, I'll go get I mean. Sarah. I'll go do this or whatever. And even like when him and Tony were in the basement and Tony's having like a panic attack. And this is right before Paul comes back up and t- Max is like, do you believe in ghosts? Tony's like, yeah, he goes, well, I don't. So I'm going to go out there. We're fine. Which like, I can respect it. That's fine. Like characters doing things. That's great. Mm-hmm. I'm now realizing that after Paul goes away, Tony becomes kind of like the next person that the house picks on because tony's the one that freaks out the most interesting i see i wish like they played more on that because that that was such a short thread that doesn't last long also can i ask this is not spoiler it at all but like what's the llc part because i don't get it oh so hell house is just like the name of their like haunted attraction company oh like so every year wherever they do it it's Mm -hmm. hell house oh okay got it that makes sense because i was like how do they already have hell house sweaters and i was like no that must be their company but wait okay that makes sense I will say one of my notes was it feels like I'm watching a bad group project and I don't believe these people have worked together for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> they do argue a lot. Organizing events because it just doesn't. But like, I don't know. It, I agree with you that like for all that I'm like picking at it, it's not nearly as bad as I think I'm making it sound. So, so wait, just to like end this this part of the discussion on a positive note, what, like what did you like about it? I really liked the concept and mystery that they set up. I think that was really solid. I think the whole like conceit around like a touring haunted house company is really good. Like because then you get fish out of water, but people who are knowledgeable about the thing theoretically. And like no more than the average person, although they didn't seem to know more than the average person about a haunting. But I I liked the idea that it was more like a Scooby gang Mm -hmm. heading into a haunted house, you know, and then I loved seeing them set up and build the haunted house, like all the attractions and go through it. And like that was so cool. And thinking about how cool and creepy it would be to be staying in that place while half of it is like an active haunted house that you're building yeah like it feels weird to say like visually very strong but yeah that's how i feel about it yeah no i I agree like it is because seeing the the progression is good and cool and i also felt like i got kind of a layout i mean it's a very confusing hotel it's very confusing because there are so many doors like to the downstairs and it's like different basements which i kind of got or yeah, like I, I, it, is it one giant connected ba- i couldn't really tell yeah and then also like halfway through i was like oh wait that, that's like a hidden door that they have <laughs> like from the hallway at one point oh geez yeah it was hard and because every nobody is 
I guess because they're holding cameras, we we are used to like somebody holding a phone more at like chest level now or like head level, but we're seeing things like all over the place and they're holding things down and up and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's probably realistic. Yeah, definitely. And I guess it's kind of like trying to get into the whole found footage vibe of like it's just these this ragtag group of people that right, like, they're not d- making a movie here right yeah they, they think that this is going to be like merchandise people will want to buy in the gift shop like extras or like yeah yeah absolutely exactly. they said like maybe we'll put it on the website yeah for for the fans yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean they do have fans they do, they do a lot of fans. people show up yeah yeah um Alrighty, well, let's go ahead and move on into the sub-genre categorization. So moving on into the sub-genre categorization for Hell House LLC, um, I feel like two big umbrella terms or three really big umbrella terms. It's paranormal, haunted house, found footage movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I definitely want to get into like the found footage aspect of stuff of this and everything. But were there other things that you were getting besides those three? Not really. I think that really encompasses it. Like it doesn't unlike like an odd Thomas, which touches like eight genres at once and has like weird subgenres. This one is pretty clear about what it is. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty. And this is not a knock or anything, but cut, cut oh, and dry. No, not at all. Paranormal haunted house, found footage. Like you know what demons. you're getting, more or less. Like you don't know exactly what you're getting, but you know the idea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it's playing off of the paranormal scares, which are some of my favorite scares. I like. I love slasher movies, but like I don't get scared watching slasher movies really. Oh, see, those scare me so much. It's the paranormal movies that scare me way more. And oh. I don't know. I think it's the simple, it's the, it's the simplicity of just like an object being somewhere where it shouldn't be. It freaks <laughs> sure. me out. And this movie just, and I know how they do it. You know, it's really, it's simple. Like there's mm-hmm. no like effects. It's just some PA went and moved something when the camera wasn't looking and they went back and oh my god it moved or literally like clip out a couple frames of something yeah exactly but I don't know why it it works so well on me (laughs) and like I love all the stuff with the like the mannequins moving around and everything and Mm -hmm. just stuff going on in the background that like Paul even like notices but he doesn't like invest he just assumes it's like someone else yeah and sometimes he notices and sometimes he doesn't and then that did really put me on edge because i didn't realize it was one of those where like look around and sometimes you're gonna see stuff and sometimes you won't and then you're like did i miss it or is there nothing there right yeah no i i love that and so i did want to talk about the the framework of like the found footage mm-hmm. part of this so it's I, I do love how it's a mix between this documentary crew trying to kind of, you know, do some like investigative journalism on what happened, the, the tragedy, the talking heads, and then them in, being able to interview like a key witness, someone that was part of Hell's LLC, and then mixing in all like the, the news footage. Mm-hmm. And then like the movie relying heavily on the tapes that Sarah brings. But I do have a question so all the footage that we have of Diane and her cameraman going into the hotel at the end of the movie and they get gods. 
who's watching it? How are yeah, we seeing it? Like, like yeah. Us as the audience, how are we supposed to believe that footage was recovered? That's not found footage. Like that's yeah. that it be, it crosses over from found footage to like real time. That's what I assumed. And like it doesn't tell you that, but that's just what it felt like, which isn't common for movies to do. I'm not explaining it as like something that movies just do. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely weird, but there's no explanation for how we would see that. Yeah. And like, I don't know if I need one necessarily, but this, this was my third or fourth time watching the movie. And that was the first time I went, Hey, wait a second. (laughs) I, the thing that really broke the fourth wall for me in an unpleasant way is that there's a clear implication that it's the person who stayed back at the studio watching footage because he puts in the thing that says he stayed back at the studio watching footage. But then he went to the house and found the footage. And got out. But then didn't add anything about that to the documentary? Yeah. See, I I don't know. Maybe Mitch, uh, (laughs) that's the person, his name's Mitch. Mitch, I think maybe he just learned his lesson of just like, all right, I interviewed a ghost girl and she killed my friends. I am not pursuing this project anymore. <laughs> he just got the tapes and just gave it to someone else to edit. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it doesn't add up. But that's, again, I, none of this really adds up, but it's not. It's almost not important. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say, that, like, you don't have to pay attention to these things. Like, you'll notice them. But there's no answer. So if you can just kind of like smooth brain right over that. Right. <laughs> like, and and just go with it of like, huh, I don't know. <laughs> the I will say, because I was questioning it. So did Mitch just go in there and get it and just walk out? The, right? The, Why the, would it let him leave? The second movie, um, I, I've seen the sequel to this and it is worst acting but the scares are still really scary so i like it for those reasons but uh the movie the the sequel does play around a lot with like people like doing like challenges of like how far can they go into the hotel and like and come back come back I out mean, that's and what I expect. i'm surprised we didn't find the bodies of random teens and like flashback to them trying to get into the house because it's also weird it wouldn't have sat there for 30 years untouched Right, yeah, no, that that that's all played in the the second movie. Okay. Yeah, like vloggers going in there. Yeah, and it also okay. does this loop thing where it kind of explains how Alex found the house and everything. We could talk about that later, but oh, okay, that's yeah. Fine. So any, so yeah, the, the anyways, <laughs> the found footage. I almost feel like we need a new term for like different found footage movies. Cause like I see mm-hmm. like Blair Witch as like a literal found footage movie. Cause like, yes, it, absolutely. The whole premise is that these people went missing. They documented themselves and, and we're watching it. <laughs> we, we did a manhunt to find them, but this is all that we recovered. And so like, this is like posing as like a documentary you might like catch on TV, but then it's like, wait, how, <laughs> wait, how, how is this found footage again? Because like, like, no, I don't think anybody found, Right, it's not all found footage. Yeah. It is yeah. some of it is found footage, but it's that's not the framework that the whole movie uses. Exactly. So like I feel like it's we like need, a plot device. We need like a new term for it. I don't even know what to call it, call that. Like uh, I feel like we had this conversation when we talked about host two years ago, but 
Or Actually, I did note if people are curious about whether they should watch this movie, I think Host is a tighter version of this. But if you liked Host, you'll probably like this. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, Host feels more like found footage. But again, it doesn't totally make sense. This one is more like, is this just a horror movie that incorporates some found footage? Oh, I I, I think that's an interesting way to call it but incorporates it's like 80 percent found foot like like the tapes that sarah brings is like the movie well i wish it was the movie but like we get stuff on the front and the Mm -hmm. and the side and because we have interviews with external people like external to the entire thing external to the documentary crew so they've already made a lot of the documentary like right like by the time they even think about going to the house right so i don't know i think it's like every horror movie uses thing techniques, but that doesn't make it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would say this is not a found footage movie, but it's a technique that's used in this movie. Yeah, it's it's the technique. So I wonder if we if maybe we shouldn't even call this a found footage. Like, is this like a like a mockumentary horror? Actually, that is kind of what it is. I don't know about mockumentary. It's like right on the line. Okay, so like like fiction documentary horror. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is here's the thing, is fictional documentary like a subgenre or a genre itself? That's a good question. I I've never thought about that. That's a good question. I'm trying to think of like other I mean, I could... the ones I can think of are mostly comedic, but it definitely is a bucket of movies. Mm-hmm. Because I think like the 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 best parallel to this in the terms of, like the framework and everything is behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon. I haven't seen that. I know you keep telling me to. I know that's definitely going to be on our <laughs> watch list. I like that because that one is way more of like an actual like mockumentary because like it's oh okay because like, like the filmmakers are in on the joke and it's done in the docu- the whole documentary sense. Because so, it's not even like found footage. It's not like, oh, like we found these tapes. No, it is a straight up documentary that then turns into a quote normal movie at some point in the I probably said too much. But yeah, uh, so but like but like Best in Show, Butter, like those if you're familiar with those movies, like Butter is about like uh I think it's like a Kansas Butter Festival and all the like drama and personalities, but it's like Jennifer Garner and it's really entertaining. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, and then best in show is the same thing, but like fancy dog shows and like very funny. <laughs> so that's what that makes me think of when I think of that. But there are probably serious ones, too, if I really thought about it. So pivoting away from the found footage aspect of this, I did have another subgenre. It's more of like I'm posing the question okay. and it depends on how we interpret what's going on. So possession. So because I'm posing that because I'm not quite sure what's going on with Sarah in this movie. And then yeah. the return of Paul is interesting. I, I'm i a question mark because we don't know enough. Like, I don't know what Sarah is getting up to in the middle of the night also because we only ever see her in those like through Paul catching these. But she could just be a sleepwalker. She could be. And like maybe it's not anything weird. I don't know. Open question. But then, so outside of the house stuff, there is that part where they're in the park filming a commercial and she's just like talking to a statue 
like kind of like in his days. Okay. However, did you notice that it looked like Mary and maybe she was just praying? She could have been, I guess. I mean, I thought th- she was just like saying a nice little prayer to Mary. That's what I mean. Like, I think they play it both ways. So what about Paul when he comes back after being missing for a few days? I couldn't tell if this was like like his physical body possessed or like if this was like his like ghost form back to help capture more souls. I thought he was mostly comatose anyway the whole time. Like, I'm not sure there's anything left in there. Right. Yeah. So uh, but I guess like is what not anything left in there. Is that Wait, because like, he's possessed he or, or die? We never find out. Like well, he was upstairs in the bed. They would have found him. The police. No, because he kills Sarah at the end and he cuts his own throat at, at the end. Oh, I missed that part. Okay. I thought it was just Alex. But okay. Yeah. So But see, I still don't know because I think it could also just be about how like things get really hard and then sometimes people do this. That was also kind of a theme of the movie. Mm. So I can't tell. Yeah, I, it's that one's tough. And Let's the po- hope for possession. <laughs> the possession thing gets murky in the second movie. And I'm only mm. going to bring this up just for this argument here. Because the the second movie plays a lot on the ghost of the, the people that like died in the tragedy. Like, like the, okay. the, the people that came to like actually just go through the haunted house. Oh, okay. And the movie plays a lot on how like there's like all these urban leg- legends stemming from that night of how ghosts of these people have been seen around town and they're trying to lure people to the hotel. And like there's even like the, the, the old story of, you know, the, the, the whole hitchhiker story, like like they pick up this person. Sure. She says that she needs a ride. She's going to the Abaddon Hotel. And then like when mm-hmm. they pull up, they look and she's she's gone. She's not in the car anymore. So it's like. The the, mm. the sequel plays a lot on the ghost of people trying to lure new souls to the Abaddon Hotel, so that 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 informs me about like, maybe what okay. what's going on with Paul in mm. this movie. So, but I'm questioning. I guess he must still be alive because he does. That's true. There's yeah, alive in some form. What form? Like I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, also, I have to interject. I looked this up. There is a term. For what we were looking for, a pseudo documentary is a film or video production that takes the form or style of a documentary but does not portray real events. The pseudo documentary, unlike the related mockumentary, is not always intended as satire or humor. It may use documentary camera techniques but with fabricated sets, actors, or situations, and it may use digital effects to alter the filmed scene or even create a wholly synthetic scene. So, pseudo documentary. Pseudo documentary horror. I yeah, like that. That's I what like this that. is. <laughs> Good. Okay. And I like how they, they, they separated that from mockumentary because this definitely isn't satire. It's trying to just be straight horror. Yes, absolutely. It also says that mockumentary is often like current events or like social commentary in addition to being humor, whereas this is definitely just like pseudo documentary. Like there's no political or social. That definitely also solidifies a of how behind the mask is for sure than a mockumentary because it is satire. Okay. Okay, cool. We're learning. <laughs> We're learning so much. Everybody, everybody's in on this. I think the last question I had about subgenre, and it's more of a trope, but do you think that this movie plays off of that trope that you like so much of, you know, 
a small town with a secret because when they hire the actors, they're all locals and they kind of, they seem to know about like Andrew Tolley and some stuff. And like the rest of the town seems to know about. I mean, I didn't get any of, of that good stuff because they never went into town, which I feel like was a missed opportunity. Even when they go to get supplies, they go to the city as in New York city, but like, no, go to the local general store. Go asking for things like meet the weirdos. Yeah, because like that's what Blair Witch <laughs> did too. You know, yeah. Was, I just <sighs> it was missed opportunities in this movie in a couple ways to like expand that creepy world a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I I, I agree with you on that. There, were, it, it would have been nice to expand some more too. And also, I feel like that would have helped w- w- with the fear of this too. Because like if everyone else in the town knows to stay away from this place too and we get That's that what's information so scary about a small town with a secret is that everybody else has information you don't have and it's dangerous and scary mm-hmm. and that when you try to call for help everyone's going to be like mm-hmm, we don't see that monster mm-hmm <laughs> like that's the scare it's not just that like they all have a secret it's that like that secret's going to eat you yes and drive <laughs> you into the walls yeah or no, like, okay Whatever happened to that poor girl who had her like body sucked off or something by that? Oh, God, yeah. Demon? Like I. T- also, she was a local and she was willing to do all this too, which kind of like That's why, negates. Like, I don't know if it was a widespread thing. We just, I, ugh, I didn't. I wanted more lore in like any direction. Like, give me a little bit more of the creepiness. Getting into the fear analysis for Hell House LLC, according to Dr. Carl Albrich, there are five types of fears that humans share psychologically, and those fears are the fear of death or extinction, mutilation, body invasion, loss of autonomy, separation, abandonment, rejection, and finally, humiliation, shame, worthlessness, i.e. the death of ego. Orlean, what types of fears are you getting from Hell House LLC? I would say right away, fear of death annihilation possession possession question mark yeah because they're unsure of of what's there or like what could be there like i said the characters weren't scared enough for my liking on the whole i think they should have been more afraid of like what's in that basement they barely searched it but yeah i'd say like do they fear death i feared death for them yeah, it's exactly. We fear death <laughs> for them. We don't. I mean, like Paul gets scared. Tony gets scared. But like, it's 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 a lot of like reactionary stuff in the moment of. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it's them being scared of dying. They don't it's think just, they're gonna die. Yeah, I think they're just like this is fucked up. I they're don't know what like this is. They're gonna be like inconvenienced or uncomfortable <laughs> or like that's the. Yeah, that's what I felt anyway. Uh, except when it got to the scenes of like. When things aren't as they should be. That's when people finally reacted in the way that they should, which was like fear of, I guess, the unknown. Yeah, I had the unknown in this because because I love that one night where Max, Sarah, and Paul are all, all up together. And, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, no, Paul was gone by this point. I think it was Mac, Tony, and and Sarah. But like they're, they're up and like they hear the piano playing and they think it's Paul. Oh, yeah. 
and they go downstairs and like then Paul like reappears and everything. So, but like, I love that whole, I don't love it, but like, is, is that a scary thing? That fear of like, literally something's going bump in the night and you don't know what it is. And like, it's a whole thing of like, is did like, do we have an intruder in the house? Like, is this a ghost? Is this a demon? Like, is it just Paul? Is it just and, something in the house that we don't know about? Yeah, exactly. It's like, and why are things moving? What's going on with the mannequins? Uh, how did their heads move? Uh, it's it, it poses so many questions of like, how is stuff happening? And so it's, it's, it is that the fear of the movie does, unknown. but the characters don't in a way that I want them to ask just a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, I feel like this movie could have used Tony being freaked out more, uh, as mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. And I find these two kind of related. So I was kind of getting the fear of isolation just because like we're just we're in the hotel so much with them. And how we just talked about we never go with them outside of Mm -hmm. Abaddon. And so it feels like they're kind of like in their own little world, this hell, this hellscape (laughs) in there. And and the house is such a maze. It's so confusing. It's like even when I don't know like if you do this, but like even like while I'm like like yelling at the tv like you just need to get out i like when i watch scream i know exactly <laughs> where to tell sydney which way she needs to go but like sure. this i'm like it's so confusing oh, yeah, i had no idea i was like yes. have we been down these stairs before yes but i kind of like that though i, I kind of liked being lost <laughs> with them and it did feel kind of like that that fear of like i want to say isolation but just like being stuck mm-hmm. and and i feel like with that with the house being haunted and like these glimpses of like the the hooded figures and things like that. There was also like this thing of this fear of like being watched too. I was definitely kind of getting that from this. Although again, I wanted more because I would be paranoid staying in a place like that and setting up a haunted house and having to sleep there. And they, did you notice that these psychos sleep with those bedroom doors open what is yeah, that's wrong insane. with you? That's insane. It is insane. I understand like they did that to get the shots that they wanted, but right? yeah, that is insane. I would never, never, never. I'm going to hear it if a ghost slash serial killer slash cultist is turning that knob at least, okay? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's what I always think of. Like the door's not going to keep you safe, but at least you're going to have some advanced notice of someone trying to get in your room. Advanced notice. I love that. Constant I, vigilance. These people do not have it. That would have been good because I, th- my, I can't remember if this was explored in the sequel or if, like this was just a theory I came up with that I've been running with. But like I think that like the demons and the ghosts and all this, like they definitely just like travel through the walls. And then so like that th- th- would have been like good opportunity for like doors to be closed. I mean, we do get that yes. with the cameraman and Diane, but like the yeah. doors being closed, but like they you see them just like just come through the walls anyways or something. Yeah, I could all as with everything else, I could use more. Give me more. Yeah, I also <laughs> this is a random note, but I don't know where else to bring it up. There was also an element of like hell is other people, but in the most boring, banal ways. Oh, nice. Because at one point, I definitely wrote down like Clerks Hell House Edition because I don't know if you're familiar with Clerks, but they just have like these dumbass discussions all day. And like that's most of the movie is just listening to like the random things they come up with. And at one point, I was like, that's what that's all we're doing here. 
we're just listening <laughs> to these dudes talk about whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, in that way that, like, we're all trapped in here together kind of environment. Right. Yeah. It didn't feel like we're all in this together. Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't feel like we're in this together. And they also have that too because they also kind of argue about the the work ethic of some yeah, people and like how much workloads like, other people have i don't know how this is like a successful company that's been going for almost 10 years now guys because this is a ragtag operation <laughs> and i think that's the point is that they're not successful that's why they're kind of like oh, okay. financially that's in the true. hole <laughs> okay yeah but yeah no oh i also had the, my last thing was and I don't know like where this falls on that list that I mentioned about, but and it's a common thing in, in haunted house movies, but that that fear it, it kind of plays into isolation as that thing of just people not believing your perception of reality. And because like, you know, Paul does and Tony do try to bring some stuff that they've seen. Like they even have the mm-hmm. whole they they review Paul's footage of when the clown head moves and everything. Yes, and, just, and everyone sees it. Yeah, and nobody believes it. I I feel like it's I was listening to a podcast about like ex-fundamentalists, but they were talking about research into conforming and it made me think it was like if nine people in a room agree on the wrong thing, it is extremely unlikely the 10th person will disagree even if they too know it's wrong. And so I almost feel like we're getting some of those group dynamics where like yeah, mm. they saw it, but they're all kind of like but we're fine. Yeah, yeah, it because it, it, I think Alex is like one of the first people to just be like, "So how'd you do it?" You right, know, you're, and you're it's like, us. "What?" He was like screaming. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and Alex is. I think the he's the one that he's fronting the money and everything. He's the he one that's like, like, "We gotta make this work." And so I feel like when he dismisses it, then everybody else is like, "Yeah, whatever, man." Yeah, because like you can even see like Sarah and some of the other people like Tony, I even think they all like react to it. Yeah, they do. But then it's like brushed off. Because Alex. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it is an interesting like like group, like <laughs> there's like group dynamics of what yeah. you're just talking about. And it, that is kind of like feeling isolated too, but like him, mm-hmm. he feels alone in this, like this reality that, that he is experiencing. Which he does from the beginning. Like he feels kind of on the outside of like, there's a couple in the group. So he already feels like kind of on the outside. And then when things get weird, he feels like increasingly on the outside. Oh yes. And that's also a good point because the, one of the talking heads even explains how, he he's not like the rest of them are friends and paul was a oh, right yes and yeah. so they do play play into that like difference mm-hmm. yeah totally for while we're in the fear analysis do i have a list of scariest moments and i'm not sure which one i do have as the scariest but like do i know you said that like, you this movie didn't really scare you too much but do you happen to have like either elements or like specific scenes that stuck out to you in terms of being the scariest i'm going to be honest nothing about this movie scared me really i was shocked i'm shocked I just too i don't think this is the kind of thing that scares me oh that's just fascinating to me okay well <laughs> i i have a list i am okay, ready go through the list tell me i am ready to get into it to me i feel i think like the first big one is the clown thing where 
uh, Tony is gone and Paul's like going standing up in the hallway kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, it, it's scary because like Paul's by himself and he's walking through the hotel. And this is when like, I believe this is when we first really get to see it kind of decorated. Mm-hmm. And he, it's such a maze and there's all these grotesque things. Like, you know, they're not real, but it's still like off putting. Yeah. And then the whole, the, the clown mass is just fucking terrifying and the head moves. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I, I know I they wanted me to be scared, but it just didn't hit for me. And I don't know why when I was just like, were you just predicting it? Were you predicting that was happening? I guess I don't I try not to predict too much because then I'll get like too far ahead of what the movie is actually showing me. But I don't know. I felt like I was supposed to be scared, but it just didn't hit for me. Yeah. I think the that one got me really good. The other one that got me really good, I think this one might actually be the scariest to me, is basically Paul's taking in this when he wakes up in the middle of the night and there's that like exorcism the girl, girl thing. <laughs> yes. And I gotta say, for this being like a low budget horror movie, I thought the makeup on this was so good. Like this person was terrifying, and like yeah, they even get like very much like ring girl with teeth, <laughs> and like yellow contacts and everything. Yeah. And I love how the movie doesn't do that thing where like because she you see her head move and it's that I watched this with my wife last night. This was her first time seeing it, and that's when she yelled, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was fun to see this like work on like okay, uh, not just yeah. me, but we. I love that this movie doesn't do that cop out thing where like he like looks at the sheets. So she's still there and he's like under the sheets for a long time. And then like her face is, is there like, I love it. It just didn't cop out that like, she just like disappeared and we just went on with yeah, his story. I love I expected it. the face to be there because he hid. So like, of course we were going to get some, like the movie had to ramp up at that point. So I was like, yeah, she's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think that one got me it's really still good. Creepy, and then oh, yeah. I don't really know what she does to him, which I guess is scarier. Yeah, there there definitely seems to be some sort of like hell portal, portal to hell <laughs> in the basement. In that, like, why are there so many portals to hell in these houses in these movies? Like, what's going on? <laughs> well, it's, it's although there's no train. Rough so. real estate market out there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I also. I also have the the night Mac, Paul, and Sarah are all up, and the mannequin does move, and we get that piano score and everything. Oh, it's, it's it's great. I love all that. And oh, I think like the last one I had was the the whole strobe light thing with the freakers. Oh and yeah, yeah. That one that one was pretty good. I I, I did, and that one was shortly after. The, the whole clown thing with Paul and when he like runs out and like we see him throw up from like him being so worked up and everything. I don't know if this is true because it was on the IMDB trivia. So like it's like Wikipedia, anybody can update that. But apparently that was like the actor's like real reaction oh, to, to wow. this. That wasn't that in the script. He, he, <laughs> that actor did vomit oh out God. of here. That's crazy. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't blame him. I, I don't do haunted attractions. I, I oh, I don't either. I did one once when I was in high school. Uh, I don't know if I've told this story here, but I did one in high school once, and I went with my little cousin, and I was like sixteen at the time, which makes mm-hmm. him he was like like thirteen or something. 
So we went with him and his friends to like be like chaperones or whatever. And uh, we were like teasing them in line and everything. And one of them comes up to me because, hey, I'm actually like really scared. Can I like stay with you? Can I like stay next to you the whole time? I was like, yeah, sure, Aww. buddy. And as we're going through it, I'm like, damn it, I'm getting freaked out. <laughs> it's scary. I don't want people jumping out of the shadows at me. That's like my whole nightmare. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, as, but I, the whole time I was like, I can't get freaked out because this kid is depending on me to like, so I was like, I, I can't. It's I was, good I'm to just... bring a kid with you to be like, I'm not scared. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't I'm just like, stuff. I it uh, why I don't I spend my whole life trying to avoid like people with knives jumping out of the shadows at me. I'm not trying to put myself in that situation for fun. Oh my goodness! So j- just to wrap up the story, I, w- I was like freaked out the whole time, but like just internalizing it because I because this kid was getting scared. <laughs> And then at the end, they do this thing where, like, you know, like somebody chases you with a chainsaw outside Stop. of it. And the guy, like, revved it right on my ear from behind. Ugh. And I went, fuck this. So loud. I, oh, my God. I picked up the kid. I threw him over my shoulder. And I hauled. I, like, knocked people over. And I just, like, hauled ass <laughs> out of there. That's what you're supposed to do in that situation. Like, yeah. Here's the thing. We know when people are in extreme situations, they react all kinds of ways i don't want to be in an enclosed space with a bunch of people having like visceral human reactions in the moment that just seems Mm -hmm. like a recipe for like a disaster yeah definitely (laughs) and like i don't know how i would respond in the moment either like i might be like flailing my arms hitting people like i just it's not safe. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. I can't be trusted uh, going into like, one of those. What if I have a, a positive reaction, positive for me, where, like, I I punch somebody? You can't do that. You can't punch people. So that's oh, what I mean. Like, Yeah, exactly. You do, right. like, an instinct kind of thing. The whole, like, flight or fight thing comes that's kicks what I, in. I don't know which I do. And if I fight, you can't just, like, fight people. Yeah. <laughs> That's their job. It's not real. But like, you can't tell your lizard brain that. Come on. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I've stayed in like actual, like actual, if you believe in ghosts, mm-hmm. actual haunted houses, those are fun. But going to haunted attractions, I can't do. Oh, yeah. I'm still down to stay in the Shining Hotel. I would do that. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, if anybody wants to fund that, I mean, we'll we'll YouTube it. We'll do whatever you want. If you want to fund like a ghost hunting expedition to the the Shining Hotel, hit us up. Yes, I've been to the Stanley Hotel a couple times. It's pretty cool. Estes Park is nice. This I've been to Estes Park. It's really lovely. But my ex was not into spooky shit. I was like, we're not going there. <laughs> oh, it's not even like spooky to be honest. It's just like a cool hotel, really. <laughs> I tried to persuade him to do a night there, and he was like, absolutely not. What are you doing? (laughs) Fun fact, the Stanley Hotel is actually where I got my father-in-law's blessing to marry marry his daughter. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Not at all like a mildly threatening situation. Yeah, no. (laughs) Actually, it was very pleasant, to be honest. But so anyways... Yeah, those are those are the scariest parts of the movie for me. I mean, it's the it's it's the toss up between the clown moving and Paul being taken. It's I don't know. I, I'm I'm such a simple person. I get freaked out, but it's like objects moving, and I don't yeah. know what caused them to move. But like, I could watch someone get stabbed. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I don't know. Slashers just don't do it for me. 
for in Lobsters terms of being scared. Scare me so much. This is just you know what? How we're different. Yeah. Getting into the message of Hell House LLC, this is kind of like where we get to put on our tinfoil hats and theorize what kind of like take-home messages can you get from this. This isn't a deep movie, I don't think. Really, honestly, I watched this and went, this is a message of do not go into business with your friends, (laughs) really. Not because of paranormal stuff, but just because you will fight with your friends the whole time and argue about money. <laughs> and that's not okay. And that might attract bad spirits and shit. Mm. Especially if you're staying in a haunted house. I mean, I think the message is like, don't play around with these things. Like, they went into this and did, like, no research. They didn't talk to people in the town. Like, they didn't come prepared with, like, any ghost hunting fakery even. Like, you got to take supernatural shit seriously if you suspect that it's about. And all the red flags that they just ignored when they did their initial walkthrough, like when they got to the basement, just saw two two pentagrams on the walls with multiple Bibles. And blood. Yes. And Alex is like, this is perfect. We're going to save so much money on fake blood. (laughs) And like from that moment, you're like, oh, honey, (laughs) it's not going to go well. I mean, yeah, it's the classic horror hubris. It's not going to hit us. It's not. We're fine. Yeah. You're not fine. Pay attention. I just (laughs) just love the idea of Alex just being like, hey, like half the work's already done for us. This is great. (laughs) But like I have also met enough CEOs in my life that I could hear someone saying it. And I'm like, yeah, that is like the most realistic part of this. That he was like, look, blood spatter. Don't clean it. It's ambiance. It's ambiance. He's just he's just trying to lower his overhead. Yes, that's, that's literally what he's doing. And that's he's like balancing the PL sheets and what's his face is over here. Like, I think the clowns are coming to life. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Oh my gosh. I this isn't a message, but just like the tinfoil hat part of this. I question if they would have been safer if they weren't documenting everything because, and again, I'm being informed by the second movie about how the the hotel likes to try to lure people in. Got it. And them documenting everything. And it became like this documentary, like let's pretend that, you know, we didn't have issues with like, how are we even watching this? But like, Mm -hmm. let's just say like other people, in Abaddon are watching this like oh my god like it's kind of it, it's like that it, it's kind of like that thing like maybe like the hotel knows like this would like entice others to come see it and that happens in the second movie so I almost okay. wonder if like if they weren't documenting because like there's besides like the the haunted attraction itself and just like the the pure ticket sales of people coming through would anything have really happened to the crew members of Hell House LLC if they weren't documenting? Because, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's, like, an end game for the hotel. Because, like, if they just get the... If they just kill the crew members, then that's it. There's no, like, other, like, luring device after that. 
This is like scratching my brain for something I've seen and I can't remember what. And I, I'm I'm very worried it's like Lucifer supernatural episode <laughs> where like the the ghosts in this house keep killing visitors to add to like the ghost inventory in the house. And then like they hunt younger ghosts. They hunt younger ghosts. Like there's a whole fucked up system. Oh my gosh! Of of like ghost society in this one haunted house. Man, and even so- in death, you have to deal with the class system. That's <laughs> even terrible. <laughs> even in death, somebody thinks they're better than you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it makes me think of: is that like because there's so much weird stuff going on in this house. Does that mean there's like conflicting hauntings or something? Or like I don't know. That's oh. what it makes me think of. It's like the prison gangs. Like, like yes. <laughs> Yes, but it's like in a haunted house. Yes. It has been. I mean, think of all those teens, the original deaths. There must have been something before that Tully guy because it seems like maybe something is in the like foundations. So like, is this one of those, does it go back a while, mysterious deaths kind of thing? Oh, I don't interesting. know. It's, just, it's, just, it's always been a portal. <laughs> uh, those are the ones I prefer, although I guess. I'm interested in a story that's like Stranger Things where it's like, and the evil created a portal in the in the metaverse or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, this is just guess guessing what could it be? Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. I don't think I have any other like real take home messages or like other like. Deep, no, I mean the the big message theses. of the last five minutes and the last thing I wrote down, which is very important and may save your life. Who brings just the tiny flashlight? You're out of your fucking mind. You need to stop by some kind of home improvement store, get yourself a headlamp, get one of those big, shiny, bright, like crazy bright, all the lumens flashlights. You get some of those flashlights that like blink emergency lights and stuff. What are you doing? Yeah, you talking about Diane and her cameraman that they yes. go in. Yeah, what are you that, doing? Also, it's like they've been told everything. They've been they have all the information just right. about, and they so just it, walk in unprotected with this tiny little pencil flashlight and a camera. Yeah, and like when, I think like they even get like jazzed up about seeing all like all the blood stains and everything too. Well, it, she does. He doesn't because she's like, "Get that blood," and he's like, "I really don't want to." Yeah. You know what it, it reminded me of? It reminded me mm-hmm. of um, of Gail Weathers and Kenny yes, from Scream a little that bit. That is what it felt like. And I think, yeah. I think just like in Scream, somebody got their cameraman killed by doing something they probably shouldn't have done. Right. Oh, and that whole thing too. Like if they weren't, if Kenny and them weren't filming spying on the kids, yes, exactly. they would not have. They wouldn't have been there to then be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Also. Why would you open that door, you fucking psychos? I'm oh, sorry. Oh, the 2C? Like, wh- I understand the wanting to open it, but I would never, ever open that fucking door. Mm-hmm. No. What and is also, wrong with you? The fucked up part is that you see that it's locked from the outside because it has a little hook thing at, right? at the top. Don't open that door. Don't let it out. I know. And- I almost called him Kenny. Her cameraman is just like, uh, this is really stupid shit we're doing, you know? <laughs> I mean, I think that's the message is if you're the only person in the group being like, hey, this seems dumb and we might die. And everyone's like, no, you have my permission to leave. Right. 
yeah. feel free. And you know what? Later, if nothing happens, that you can be like, man, that was crazy anxiety or whatever. I've seen too many movies. But if it goes the other side, you're going to be the survivor. And so just saying. Yeah. What's was that podcast that has that 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 saying uh, fuck politeness? It's like fuck politeness. And then the other part of it is like, don't go into the woods. Don't join a cult. Call your dad. <laughs> Like <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> but like general advice and i think maybe maybe the hubris thing is right because that's what diane has in the end too like people just keep jumping off this cliff <laughs> yeah definitely and you know what i'm like realizing about diane and her cameraman is that the whole movie literally the whole movie all the people that interview sarah her tapes the whole movie is a harbinger for them. Oh, yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be, but they make the choice to then plunge into exactly yeah. the same situation. Yeah, like they're literally told all these horrific things and people like still don't know what it is. And even the police are kind of just like, I don't fucking know. And like, they yeah, just, even the, the police are like, I don't want to, uh, we don't What, 15 those. murders? Yeah, we're not investigating that. <laughs> Fifteen strange murders in like an old haunted hotel. <laughs> Thanks. Just stay out. Yeah, That's probably it, the police were just like, stay out of it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, well, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be fucking around, with man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a very much like a fuck around and find out movie. <laughs> Classic horror. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't think I have anything else for for, for messaging from this. No. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into the cabin in the woods trinket segment. Okay. Uh, this is one of my favorite segments of the show. For those that are unfamiliar, this is the segment in which we would pick a movie prop or item from Hell House LLC and put it in the basement of the cabin in the woods. There's also a creepy basement in this movie you can put it in. Put it put the trinket in the basement of the cabin in the woods that would summon the demons of the a- Abaddon Hotel. I have a I have a few things here uh, or a small list here. I really liked the the whole like door numbering like two C. Oh yeah. So maybe you just like see that down there, or maybe that like that's on the door into the basement or Ooh, something. Yeah. Or there yeah. could be like a surprise door that you only see sometimes, and it's two C. Mm, and it's yes. locked. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm trying. Uh, I have such like a dad joke on the tip of my tongue, but it's like the whole thing of like you seeing is believing so you have to see what's going on to believe it and that's what happens to stop. diane stop. okay yeah all right i'll <laughs> i might cut i guess that, now that's staying in uh what do you have on, on your list of trinkets i feel like we have to take somebody's camera mm-hmm. and have probably broken and put it in the in the cabin basement Ooh, that's good because that that'll just entice the the the, the person likes to tinker with stuff like i'm gonna exactly. fix this camera and they or really They'll look to find the tapes or like whatever, and like yes, because then they get emotionally invested and then it, in it. Continues, yeah, oh, that's so good. In in the same vein as the the camcorder, I had that that sack of tapes that Sarah just oh, drops on the yeah. table. Not suspicious and weird at all. She's just been carrying this random sack around with her for seven years or something. It's. It's so good. And just the deadpan delivery of her doing it. She just like, yep, I have this just sack. And she just looks at them. (laughs) It's so good. I also feel like maybe it should have been more clear. No, wait. Now I'm just going back again that like 
nobody in this movie had any like supernatural or paranormal knowledge because things should have wigged them out. Yeah. Even like the documentarians should have been like, because they were like, well, why didn't the police get this? But then they just passed over it because she's like, well, I didn't give it to them. And it's like, yeah. And Sarah, and they're like, what's on it? She's like, everything. So it's like, wait, so the murder of 15 people are on these tapes? Mitch, go ahead and review these right now. She said she hadn't watched them. And it's like, this is all very suspicious. Yeah, definitely. Just this creepy sack of tapes. I don't, it's so unintentionally funny. I love it. <laughs> I thought maybe the that gross. Oh, I don't know if I want to say gross, but like that that old heel, that old shoe that they find down there that has like all like the dirt and like oh, gravel in yeah. it and everything. Because that was like one of like the few things that was kind of off. But like, mm-hmm. why would shoes be down there? And I'm not right. wondering if that's like previous sacrifices. Of- yeah, exactly. So, in in a similar vein, I would say that painting of what looks like a little girl that they pass several times. Mm-hmm. That's Who a good was one. That girl was it the eleven year old that got Paul. That's kind of what I like. I was wondering, like, uh... I like that. I also have uh, just a mannequin. It doesn't need to be like dressed up because I feel like that would be too obvious. Because yeah. like, right, I'm really not going to mess with that, but. Because like not only was there like the the clown mannequin, but you know just the whole stuff with the haunted attraction. There's just mannequins everywhere. So uh, yeah, definitely just have just putting like a creepy mannequin or two down there. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's all I had. We didn't really see a lot of like little personal trinkets in this one. Yeah, we didn't. And I think that's partly because we didn't really zero in on the characters that much as individuals. Yeah, maybe I, I think the last thing is maybe like one of their Hell House LLC like like T-shirts. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Or like, did they make beer koozies or something that we could put down there? Like, <laughs> I don't know. What merch did they make for this? Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, man, this is funny. So I'm trying to like think of just like the leg- so it's it, it it almost sounds like the gift shop that they wanted. <laughs> That, that that we that we put together, we put down their tapes, the mannequins, the T-shirts. Like we got it all down there. <laughs> we'll make it. We'll make it for them. And in our hubris, the ghosts will come for us. But that's a funnier movie because instead of us making a haunted house, we're just trying to make a gift shop. Actually, that would be pretty entertaining. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I, I'm also out of trinkets. Well, I think that uh, this. I think we're at like a, a good point to kind of close things out for this episode. Yeah, this is we've been talking about Hell House LLC from 2015. It is. It I know like we talked about a lot of things that we think could have improved this, but this is still one of my favorite found footage horror movies. It's I discovered this last year and I have has instantly become part of my October viewing. And um, even watching it last night, my heart was racing at some point. It, it's still effective on me. So uh, I, I love this movie so much. <laughs> and thank you to Steven, who was the person that submitted this movie a year, over a year ago and okay. got me to watch it. So thanks, Steven. Got both of us to watch it. Yeah, I mean, overall, I would recommend it if you are into haunted house with touches of like found footage and paranormal weirdness and you don't need explanations or the backstory or the lore watch it see if you like it i think host is a kind of a better version of 
the found footage tech aspect. If you like, if you particularly like that, if you're going for like people in a haunted house, weird shit happens. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good separator to 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 define those two movies. Well, thank you everybody for listening, and uh, we the the spooky activities continue. We got more stuff planned for October because October is a big month. There's like five Sundays or what <laughs> in, in this so- month. There's so much to do. Yes, there is, and I'm ex- and definitely let us know what you all are watching. What is becoming part of your mandatory October, you know, uh, movie cycles? I think maybe we got some. I know we got some fun stuff planned for the rest of the year and everything. Some commentary tracks coming at some point. But uh, when are everybody? we going to watch Chronicle? When are we going to watch Chronicle? Everybody, if you want us to watch Chronicle, write in because I have been lobbying for this hard, and I think. Off the heels of Hell House LLC, I think we go to Chronicle and say, what's the difference? What's the difference? I, th- I think maybe just because I have I have the itch for some other stuff, I think that would be a good January. That would be a good way to kick you off. You 20- pushing it off. I'm not pushing it. Okay. But- you know what's funny? I just saw a headline the other day that was like, the best sci-fi horror movie that nobody ever talks about. And I was like, it's Chronicle. And it was Chronicle. Oh, nice. But, <laughs> well, in November, it'll be my choice for the movie, so I don't want to burst your bubble, but uh, but you have the <laughs> the special topics episode to pick for November. So, yeah. But uh, we will see you guys next time. Be sure to watch some good movies and enjoy the spooky festivities. Ooh. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Autopsy of a Horror Movie. It means so much to us that you choose us to listen to out of all the other podcasts that are out there. If you could please help us grow by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Brooker Horror, retweeting, sharing our episodes, and come check out the Patreon page. This is a passion project, and we dedicate so much time and effort into it, and it means so much to see other people enjoying the show just as much as we enjoy putting our uh, time into it. So over on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Horror, you can get bonus episodes, bonus kill grades, commentary tracks, special topics, voting options, and also a private Discord channel that you could be a part of. And if you just want to join the non-private Discord channel, just hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Horror. I'll be happy to uh, grow that flock. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and please share with friends.